Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 10th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, on Tuesday morning, Mr. Cole Sheldon. Cole, how's it going today, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, man. we got a busy show today, as always. It feels like every hour goes by so quick every Tuesday, Cole. So we got uh, UFC this weekend. Paul Felder stepping on a short nose take on Rafael Dos Anjos. So huge card there. We'll be previewing that entire card, breaking out all the fights of the card. Dana White's Contender Series 35, that takes place tonight, Tuesday night in Vegas. We'll break down that card. Uh, we'll recap last weekend's card with Glover Teixeira and Tiago Santos. We'll recap Bellator last week with Corey Anderson. And there's some news and fight announcements, but it, there's going to be a lot of talk about today. So let's get right into it, Cole. We'll start with UFC fight night, Glover Teixeira versus Tiago Santos, Cole. And come on, guys, give me some credit on this one, man. I call this fight to a T. I call it to a T. Uh, Glover Teixeira wins by submission. He definitely had to survive a few, a few rocky moments there, man. He got knocked down twice, but came back to win the fight in the third round by submission. That's exactly what I called it, Cole. I, I just love Glover share, man. Five-fight winning streak now. And the guy, 41 years old, it feels like he's fighting maybe at the best he's, he's fought at since uh, right before he went on that title run and fought John Jones. So at age 41, he, he's making a, a second title run. And in my opinion, 100% Cole, he deserves to fight for that belt. Uh you know, the, the Blahovitz fight with Adesanya, it kind of came like a surprise last week when they announced it. It's a fun fight. It's a good fight. I just feel like Glover Teixeira versus Jan is the best fight to make right now. It's the fight that should happen. He's 41, man. He doesn't have much time left in the sport. Give the man his title shot. What's your thoughts, Cole? Yeah, I think it is. I think you could do multiple options. I think you can do Adesanya. I think you, you could do that Whitaker rematch. I know a lot of people don't want to see it, but to me... Whitaker Adesanya and Whitaker or an Adesanya Blahovich are probably gonna get around the same pay-per-view buys. Even if Hermanson beats Kevin Holland, even Hermanson Adesanya, like I don't really think Hermanson Adesanya is any isn't as big as Herman or Adesanya Blahovich, just because Blahovich isn't that big star. Like both those pay-per-views are gonna be carried by Adesanya. The only difference is Adesanya is going over two belts, so maybe that's gonna add a bit more. But to me, I think you can wait. I think you can do the Adesanya, Hermanson, if he wins, or Adesanya, Whitaker, too. Let Glover fight Blahovich and then just do the winners face each other. If Adesanya, or if Adesanya, I assume you'd probably pick him to beat Whitaker and Hermanson again. If Adesanya does that, then you can do Adesanya versus Glover, Blahovich, International Fight Week next year. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I, I just think it's a lot easier just to book the Whitaker fight or, or someone in that division and give Glover this title shot. He just deserves it, Cole. Like, you look at what he's did, it's it's pretty incredible. And I posted the the odds after the fight. He was an underdog against Diego Santos. He was an underdog against Anthony Smith. And the fights with Krylov, Kutalaba, and Robertson all pick him fights, Cole. Uh, this is a guy that, you look through his resume, Cole, look at the names he has throughout his career. Ryan Bader, Rashad Evans, Jerry Cannonier, Misha Serkinov, uh, OSP, Quinton Jackson. I mean, he's fought and beaten some of the best fighters in the world. So I, I absolutely love Glover to share. He's a, he's a legend in my eyes and uh, he absolutely deserves the fight for the belt. And I'll be honest, cool. That fight with Jan is, it's, that's a tough fight for Jan because yep. Glover is so well-rounded. He's so dangerous. Is it's ground game? Like does anyone, okay. I even said it last week. I said he is the best submission game at 205. Does anyone have a better submission game at 205? Can I, is there anyone else? Cole, can you think of anyone? Can anyone match him on the ground? I can't think of anyone, right? Except for John Jones, obviously, but he's not there anymore. Anyone else? I think, huh? Oh, you there? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, I am trying to think too. Okay, no worries. Yeah, I, I okay, we'll just say he's the number one guy, except for maybe OSP, but he be, he beat us. How do you rank Paul Craig's ground game, though? Yeah, it's good. Paul Craig's is good. Okay, so I think those kind of three guys. 
I just think Glover obviously is such a better fighter than Paul yeah. Craig, though. He's so well-rounded, right? And his chin, for an old man, man, I can't believe he survived those punches, Cole, because most people would have uh, been finished. By the way, and I called this too because I went back and listened to the podcast, over one and a half rounds cashed easily. How was that set at one and a half rounds, Cole? It should have been two and a half or three and a half. That was a gift from the odds makers who I think thought it was a three-round fight. Got a comment here. Death taxes them, man. I love it, man. Good morning, gentlemen. You saw, dude, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hope you enjoy our podcast, man. Every Tuesday morning, every Thursday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Okay, so let's move on to the next fight you're called. Actually, well, Tiago Santos, what's next for him? Like uh, maybe someone like Volcan Uzdemir? Is that kind of a fight you're thinking about? Uh, I was thinking to depend on how quickly maybe do the racket fight. I still think Santos is a yeah. top five guy. He is. Or, he is. Or, or not a top – sorry, he is a top five guy. I still think you should fight someone in the top five. And I, if you look at it, Rakic is the only one available. So you have – like out of the top five, he's not doing a Glover rematch right away. Blahovic yep. is fighting Adesanya. And then you have Reyes, Prohoshka. So they're all booked. The only top five guy available is Alexander Rakic. Rakic is kind of in a weird spot. I think he was holding up for something higher than Yeri, and now all of a sudden he kind of has no one unless it's Tiago Santos. So, yeah, I, I think mean, I think ahead, it's sorry. gonna be I think it's gonna be Rakic. Depending on when Santos returns, maybe it's gonna be like a Volkan Uzdemir and Nikita Krylov, like someone down in those parts of the rankings. Yeah, he'll get a top fifteen guy, but I, I just don't think he should get a top three guy right now. But I think at this point, you know. There's so much moving in that division. So many guys coming up like Yuri and these guys. Like Yuri wasn't ranked a year ago, Cole. Now he's number five, I think. So a lot can happen in this division, especially with John Jones gone. But yeah, I mean, I, I still love Santos. He's he's a great fighter. But, you know, Cole, his ground game definitely has been his kryptonite throughout his career. I mean, Eric Spicely submitted this guy. So, you know, Glover to Sherry gets him on the ground. It, it was He was lucky he didn't get finished in the second round, by the way. All right, let's go to the co-main event, Cole. This was an absolutely terrible fight between Andre Olovsky and Tanner Boser. Just a terrible fight. A terrible fight for everyone because everyone had Tanner Boser parlay. Let's be honest here. Yeah. And everyone lost their parlay. It's just like the Bobby Green fight last week, Cole. I thought I thought Boser won. I thought he did Damn. enough to win two rounds with his kicks. But I don't even care he lost. And, you know, you look at his statements after the fight, Cole, it seems like he's really pissed at himself, if anything. Um, because he feels like he gave it away, and I think so too. I mean, this was a fight UFC booked for him to have a great performance, to probably knock Andre Olovsky out, but, you know, lose the decision. And not only that, Cole, there's a few things I, I saw with Boser in this fight. First off, I think it's like, just like the Anderson Silva thing, like he showed Arlovsky a lot of respect. A lot of these guys do, because they look at him as a legend. He was talking about that heading into the fight, how much he respects Arlovsky. I think he showed too much respect in this fight. Andre Olovsky, yes, he hasn't been getting knocked out lately, but come on, Cole, we know his chin can be touched. He didn't really even throw punches in this fight. It was just these little kicks, circle around, throw more kicks. Not only that, Cole, but the size difference actually did, I think, play a factor in this fight because Arlovsky, the, the few shots he threw, and by the way, he was outstruck in every round. If you look at the stats, he was outstruck. When I was watching it, I you know, I count in my head when I'm watching. I, I thought he had lost at least the first two rounds and the third round probably too. He was just getting outstruck. But because he landed probably the harder shots because of the extra weight, I think that was what gave him the decision. I personally thought that Boser won, Cole, but I don't even care because it was such a bad fight. What are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I thought Boser won as well, but again, it it's definitely disappointing outcome for the UFC. If you were to ask the UFC, obviously they're not going to say they want a certain fighter to win. They want Boser to win this one. I think Boser, they thought after his last two performances, people were getting really high on him just because of the finishes. But I think I think the finishes weren't too good for Boser because th th this kind of fight, that's how Boser fights. You look at all Boser's fights before, out in Russia and whatnot, they were all decisions. He just uses leg kicks, uh, moves out of the way, doesn't get hit much, doesn't throw much, but just throws more volume to get a decision win. That's kind of how he fights, other than when he got those two knockouts, which kind of surprised a lot of people. The UFC started pushing him, but 
I, Bozer is still good. He's still really technical at heavyweight. He moves. His footwork's probably one of the best at heavyweight, just the way he moves. But those are the kind of fights where he could easily lose because he does throw more, but he doesn't have much on it. When And then he gets hit twice or his head snaps back. The judges go, well, you didn't only land the leg kicks. He landed a good shot. We're going to give the round to him. That's exactly what they thought because, again, he landed more kicks, but Arlovsky landed. He, in the first round, he landed this punch with like five seconds left. And I'm watching a call, and I'm like, oh, man. I think they're going to give him the round, and they did. So it was a close fight to score. If you look at the judges' scorecards and made decisions, they all had three different cards, and I actually had a different card than all of them. So it was one of those weird fights, but either way, really disappointing from Bozier call. i got to be honest. Uh, next up, Hayoni Barcelos defeats Khalid Taha, fight of the night. Amazing fight. Taha, wow. I mean, what, probably one of the best chins in this division. Unbelievable how much punishment he took. But Barcelos call, this guy is so good. It's time he gets an elite opponent, man. He's 5-0 and now in the UFC, and he's not a young guy. He's 33, Cole. He needs a top 10 opponent. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think he's supposed to fight Cody Stamen in March before the advent got canceled. I think that would have been a good test for him. I think Stamen's kind of guy where I don't really know how far he can go up, but I still think he's a top 15 guy no matter what. But I think that would have been a good fight. Maybe rebook that one. I was thinking maybe do Jimmy Rivera at 8. Jimmy Rivera is kind of that perfect if you beat him, you're a top 10 guy. If you aren't, you're probably in that 11 to unranked range. So I think that's a good fight. We've seen kind of what the UFC is doing with Jimmy Rivera. I think they're kind of viewing him as that gatekeeper where they give him a lot of these up-and-comers like a Peter Yan. Uh, he was on a title run. Then he got knocked out to Marlon Marais. Then they started just giving him these up-and-comers. So I think the same thing is going to happen here. I wouldn't mind seeing Barcelos, Jimmy Rivera, but I still think you have to give him a top 10 guy. I'm with you on that. Uh, next up, Jiga Chikatsi defeats Jamie Simmons by first-round knockout. I mean, this was a complete squash match. I got to be honest, Cole, I really like Jiga, and I saw his interview with you a couple weeks ago, and, you know, he's a guy that I told you. I, after I watched the interview, Cole, I, I messaged you, and I said, damn, I like this guy. So I, I, I'm, I'm on the bandwagon, but I will say this. He didn't deserve a bonus. Are you kidding me? How did Glover not get a bonus? He beats – who is Jamie Simmons? No one even knows who this guy is, Cole, and he gets a bonus for knocking him out. Come on, Cole. I think you're going to agree with me. That was kind of a bad decision, but we'll see. What do you think? Yeah, 100. Glover, <laughs> this is what I hate about the UFC. Why are they restricted to four bonuses? Some cards, I can fully agree, do not deserve four bonuses. Some cards deserve seven. Just hand out as many bonuses. Some cards, if you only hand out one bonus, that's totally fine with me because some, some ones you're literally like, I don't know who deserves a performance bonus. There wasn't really any good fights or good finishes. This card, you like, what's another 50 grand to Glover for the UFC? Absolutely nothing, but I don't know why they're so restricted to four bone or two performance of the nights and one fight of the night, so four total. But I don't get it. You know, the thing is, when uh, WME IMG took over, I think it was 2014 or 2015, they put into the deal that they would give up four bonuses, and almost every card they haven't swayed from that. There was one card of Fight Island a few months ago where they gave yeah. out like six or seven bonuses. Uh, the last card in the first fight island because it was just a special event, I guess. But those are too far in between because the guy like Glover should have got a bonus. But either way, Jigga looked good. Cole and calls out J uh, Jeremy Stevens. Think that's a really good fight. Um, opening up the main card, this was another fight I was bang on uh, with my breakdown on. Yan Jinzon defeats Claudia Gadea, beat of a decision. And uh, at this point, Cole, she just beat, I think, the number four ranked fighter. So she'll be a number five, the number five, four or five fighter in this division right now. And uh, I think she's one fight away from a title shot against Wheelie Jang. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think you can do her versus Carlos Barza in a number one contender fight. Carlos Barza sneakily, like, right back up there for a title shot. Because with Strawweight, obviously, Joanna's kind of made it clear, other than a title fight, I don't really see her coming back. You have Rose Namajunas likely to fight Wheelie. And then 
uh, touchdown scores, and you don't really know when she's going to return. So I think other than that, I think it's going to be Jan, who I just checked is ranked number three right now behind Ioana and Rose. Oh, they've updated the rankings this morning, yeah. then, huh? Okay. So she moved up five spots. Carlos Barnes at four. I think you can do that. That makes, that makes sense. Here, here's the other thing. What about Tatiana Suarez? What is with her? I know she her neck is still injured. Like She's been out for a long time, Cool. It sucks because I think she was the one we were all talking about as the next uh, champion, yeah. right? Everyone's forgotten about her, but I think at this point maybe you're right. I think because Carla has been so active, she deserves that contender fight. But doesn't she have a fight coming up? Well, I thought she had a fight announced, Carla. Doesn't she have a fight booked? We double check this. I thought she did have a fight booked like a lot, two weeks ago. It doesn't really matter. Actually, yeah. Oh, okay. She was supposed to fight Rebus, then the fight got yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think Yan versus Sparza, number one contender fight. Beautiful fight. Let's go through the rest of it quickly, Cole. Uh, Trevin Giles, nice call there by you, Cole. Third round knockover, Bavon Lewis. That guy's getting cut. He's been such a disappointment in the UFC. Alexander Romanov, um, forearm choke. They were calling it the first ever, but that's not true. Tank Abbott had one at UFC 11, who um, obviously it was uh, a long time ago, not modern era, so I guess that's why they forgot about it. But uh, TJ DeSantis actually is the guy who messaged me and said that because I, I tweeted that you know the, the commentator team just said it was the first forearm choke. But either way, an absolutely brutal submission. I mean, he put a sleep call with that choke. That is incredible. Uh, Darren Elkins, a great comeback over Garagori. You know, Cole was a close fight. He looked like he was going to get knocked out in the third round. Comes back a minute later, gets submission. Max Griffin, we got to talk about this one, Cole. Uh, just a vicious TKO win over Ramiz Brownmosh. The guy's ear ripped off. We haven't seen that since Leslie Smith and Jessica I. Of course, we saw it in the James Thompson fight with Kimbo Slice, too. So it's a rare thing to happen, but his ear basically fell off. Just a nasty, nasty finish. I think you could have given Max Griffin a bonus, too, honestly. Uh, and I should have mentioned Romanov got a bonus. And then Gustavo Lopez, he got the first one finished. I loved him in the spot poll. Last Thursday, I was like, guys, take him at plus money. He, he closed at minus 130. He should have opened as the favorite. I said that last week. That was another mistake by the odds makers. It feels like you got to get in on these opening lines sometimes. They're blowing some of these opening lines lately. There's so many fights. It's not easy for these guys to do their job. There's not that many odds makers out there. I feel like there's a lot of lines out there, Cole, there's with some good value, like Lopez at plus 120 at the opener last week, but I digress. Any thoughts on these uh, prelims before we move on to Bellator? Well, even minus 130 is not a bad line. Yes, yeah, so it was a great line. I mean, he turned out to be a steal, right? I thought sure. he was going to be – I thought – honestly, I thought he was going to open around minus 175. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't – I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if he closed two to one. Yeah, I mean, I like Burchak, you know, and I think he's got a good story, but – yeah, I think people just recognize his name more, and they just saw Lopez had lost his one fight, and the guy's, I think, definitely a better fighter. Now, we'll go through Bellator quick because there wasn't a lot that happened, but it's definitely worth talking about, and then I'll get to the comments. Um, so Corey Anderson knocks out Melvin Manhoof. I mean, this fight was a complete squash match. Cole, it closed at, like, minus 600. Does he get the title shot against Nemkov? Do you think he fights Phil Davis next? What do you think's next for uh, Mr. Corey Anderson? I think he probably gets the title shot just because – what does better business for Bellator, Corey Anderson or Phil Davis? Remax? Neither of them. Neither. Nemkov. I mean, let's be honest. Neither. Let's be neither. But Corey Anderson probably bigger name. I pick Nemkov to knock both guys out, probably, or especially Corey Anderson. I don't yeah. see a path to victory for Corey Anderson. Nemkov is a solid wrestler. He can keep that fight on the feet. We saw what he did to Ryan Bader. Yeah. I I would be surprised if Corey Anderson beat. I would be surprised if anyone beat Nemkov for a while. You know, the crazy thing about Corey Anderson is he has two wins over the top two guys in the UFC. He has a win over Jan and he has a win over Glover. That's crazy, right? And now he's in Bellator. Uh, I think he could be the champion here, but that chain's going to hold him back probably. So the fight with Nemkov, I, I think they should do that fight. You know, Phil Davis, is, he's been a champ. He's had his shot. It's not like Phil's the most exciting guy either. Um, coming off a stinker against the Cheetah, I think Corey Anderson getting a finish over Manhoof. I mean, it was a squash match, but 
He deserves it. I don't want to talk about the rest of the card too much, Cole, in detail, but Terrell Fortune got a win here. Uh, Austin Vandenford picked up another win. Derek Anderson with a really controversial, I think, finish over Achilles Moda. I'll tell you why it's controversial. The replay showed that the, the kick was a legal kick. I mean, I, you're watching it blindly. There's no way in hell you could think that was a legal kick, but on replay it was. The problem I have with this is the referee stopped the fight because he thought it was illegal, and then they called it a TKO. I don't really agree with that call. I mean, he wasn't knocked out, right? Like, it's kind of his fault, I guess, for milking it and trying to get the DQ, but I still feel like it was kind of a weird way to end the fight. Uh, Kara Karnian beats Bryce Logan. That was a nice win. And then just some other ones. Uh, Janae Harding was an underdog. I, I picked her last week, and, and I liked her as a dog. But uh, any thoughts on these other fights, Cole, before we get into UFC? we got a lot to talk about, obviously. No. Not okay. really. Let me get these comments, then we'll go to UFC. Doug M. Hey, Doug, what's up, man? It's all as usual. Thanks, guys. No problem, man. We love doing it for you guys. DJ Hooligan, what's going on, man? He gives a threat to his division, 100%. I mean, you got to watch Cole's interview with him a couple weeks ago. The guy's just got that killer mindset, guys. Seriously, he's got that killer mindset. I love the guy. You know, he's a guy that's trying to provide for his family. He's fighting every weekend now. It's great. Doug M., you know if the ultimate fighter coach has been selected. They have not. Uh, again, you know, we haven't heard much. They've kept this kind of really secretive. All I know is right now they're doing casting and they'll finish the casting by the end of the month. I thought they were going to start filming already, Cole. That's what Dana kept saying, but they're in the casting process right now. I'm assuming filming is starting in a couple weeks. Um, again, you know, me and Cole have both said that we think it's going to be Masvidal Covington. I, I still think that makes sense, but there are other options. Obviously, you could do Adesanya and, and Blahovitz because they don't want to fight till March. You could do that fight. Again, I don't think that's a big fight for TV, though. Like, I just don't see that being a lot of heat. I think Masvidal Covington... Masvidal's amazing with trash talk. Covington you might hate the guy, but he's good with trash talk. I think that'd be a good one, Cole. Remember, it's about ratings. You look back at the coaches th throughout uh, history of tough. The ones that did the best were the ones where there was controversy and there was ratings and there was trash talk, like Evans and Rampage and guys like that. So that, that's kind of what I'm thinking, Cole. You, any other thought? Like, have you heard anything? Probably not, right? I've heard Gilbert Burns, Carl Usman's a possibility. Yes, yes. I, but, talk about that. I was just about to say that, Cole. I've been texting Gilbert. He said... He's into it. Ali's talked to – it's easy because Ali manages both. Ali's floated by of if he'd be interested. Gilbert said, yeah, I'd do it. So I think it's – I think that's an option. I still oh. think the UFC's top option is Mazda Covington, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of them don't agree to it and it ends up being Usman Burns. Yeah, I mean, obviously Usman and Burns are incredible fighters. Burns is – he's pretty funny on Twitter, but Usman – I don't think there's many people that think he's got this, like, amazing dynamic personality. He's an incredible fighter, obviously, but – I don't know, Cole. Like, I, they're friends. They're former training partners. They're they're managed by the same guy. I just don't see much heat there, Cole. I think I think it's best to do Masvidal Covington. All right, that's enough. Let's go do UFC Fight Night this weekend. UFC Fight Night. Dos Angeles Felder. Obviously, Paul Felder took the fight at short notice, guys. Five days notice. But we'll talk about that fight in a few minutes. We're going to start with the prelims. Work way up. That's what we do every week. We'll start with the opening card here. Fighting the card here, Cole. Tony Gravely against Geraldo De Freitas. This is a Bantamweight fight that's opening up the card. And right now we have Tony Gravely minus 170, DeFreitas plus 150. Who's your pick? I'm actually starting out the card with an underdog. I like Gerardo DeFreitas here. I think I've never really been too high on Tony Gravely. He did lose to Brett Johns, who's obviously one of the top fighters. He was on a good winning streak entering the UFC, but I don't think his level of competition was too high. Ray Rodriguez is obviously a good one on the contender series. DeFreitas is a guy split decision loss to Chris Gutierrez. He hasn't fought in over a year, which kind of is... Uh, I don't really like too much, but went over Felipe Corrales. It's going to be kind of a grappling fight. Both guys are heavy grapplers. I don't really know who I give the edge to striking-wise. They're both pretty similar on the feet. I think just DeFreitas is a better grappler. I think he's stronger. He can hold great against Fens. I don't really expect this fight to be too entertaining, but I'll pick DeFreitas by decision. But 
to me, I think this should be a pick and fight, but plus 150, I, I like the odds on Defreitas. Yeah, it's it's a super close fight. I mean, there's definitely things I like about both guys. Uh, Gravely, he has more experience, obviously. I think he's fought better competition. He's an American top team guy, which I always like. Just that Jim in general is a winner. Um, coming off the loss to Brett Johns, but Brett Johns is a guy that I really like, and I know you'd like him too, Cole, so I don't really consider that a bad loss. Uh, before that, he had won six straight fights, all of them by stoppage. For a guy at this weight class, he's got a lot of power, and again, he's got a lot of experience. King of the Cage, um, LFA, CFFC, CES, Contender Series, UFC, and he's been around for a while. So it's a guy with a lot of experience. Um, but, you know, he has lost when he stepped up in competition, which definitely worries me. I just don't know if Defreitas is that step up. Uh, you know, 12-5 and five record for this guy, 29 years old. He hasn't been too impressive in the UFC. He's 1-1. One one. I mean, the Claire's fight, I think it was an upset. And then Gutierrez, that's a pretty good fighter. But the long layoff does bother me, Cole. Um, and I don't know, I just haven't been too impressed with this dude. But uh, it's a close fight. I personally have no interest in betting on this fight. Yeah. There's a lot of other fights in this card to bet on. And there's like, what, 13 fights or something? It's crazy, right? I'm going to pass on this one, I think, unless this number gravely drops to a pick Because right now, I just it's it's about where I think it should be, and I'm just going to pass. So gravely, you know what? He might be able to get this guy out or, or win the decision, but that's going to be my pick, guys. I just, I don't know. I don't have an amazing read on this fight. It's a very close one. Um, next up, Brandon Marcos against Kanako Murata, women's strawweight bout. And... The Canadian Marcos taking on short notice. Right now we have Marata minus one sixty five, Marcos plus one forty five. Who's your pick? Uh, I've been going back and forth in this fight, but I kind of have to settle with Kanaka Marata. I know she's making a UFC debut. It just for me personally, I can't trust Random Marcos anymore. She's just too inconsistent. She was on that win loss win loss streak, and then she obviously lost two in a row. And her last fight, it really put me off her. Just her fight IQ in that fight was something I don't think I'd ever bet on again. Just because. I didn't even bet her in that fight just because against Mackenzie Dern, you have to know you cannot go to the ground. And what she do, she Mackenzie Dern falls and Rana Marcos goes down to the ground with her. I just don't can't trust that someone in fight IQ. Kanaka Morado is the Invicta champ. She went five rounds her last fight, which was well uh, just earlier, like uh well, was I know it was last year, over a year ago, but she's someone that has some good wins like Emily, Emily Ducati. She's been proven invicta and risen. I think she can just out. Uh, I think she can get a decision. I wouldn't even be surprised if she submits Random Marcos. She has solid grappling, and if Random Marcos makes another mistake of going down to the ground because Random Marcos loves using her wrestling. I wouldn't be surprised if Murata wins by submission. But again, I'm not really sure. I'd like this fight just because Murata's UFC debut hasn't fought in a year. But again, I just can't trust Random Marcos to take the underdog shot. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you on everything you just said, Cole, actually. I like Marotti here, too, and I'm kind of with you. I think she'll probably win the decision, but she could get the submission, too, because you look at through her resume, and first off, she's on a really nice win streak heading into her debut here. She's on a seven-fight win streak. And you look at all the finishes, Cole, Von choke, Anaconda choke, Rear Naked choke. So she hasn't fought in a year either, but, you know, this was a really prize-free agent signing, and I'm excited to see her fight. Um, I think she ha- would have had a good chance to beat Souza, and uh, Marco's coming in on just, like, a week's notice, Cole. I think that's a tough spot for her. Marco's... The name of the game is in- inconsistency with her. You know, you look at her resume called 10, 9, and 1. That's just a really inconsistent record. You look through her resume, she's usually win-loss, win-loss. And in the last fight, she had the two straight losses for the first time in the UFC. Um, she's just so inconsistent. I, I know at times she can look good, and she's got the wrestling, and, and she's got the grinding ability to win fights, like when she beat Carlos Barza as an underdog. But I, I don't like her here, Cole, at all. Um, I like Marotta, guys. So Marotta, by decision or submission, you look at the props, and decisions just – plus 125, but the submission prop is plus 500. So you could take a shot at that because I think she can get uh, Marcos to the ground and get her with an armbar or something possibly. But either way, I, I do like Marauder in this fight, Cole. 
especially with Marcos coming in a short notice. Uh, here's another fight that's a tough one to call. Luis Smoka against Jose Alberto Quinones call at Bantamweight. And right now we have really close odds for this one too. Smoka minus 140 and Quinones plus 120. Who's your pick? I actually like Luis Smoka here and I like him to win inside the distance. That Bantamweight, he has a lot more power. I think his grinding is better. And what kind of throws me off about at Quinones is his record doesn't look bad. He's 5-2 and two in the UFC, only losses to Sean O'Malley and Nathaniel Wood. But all five of his wins, none of those guys are in the UFC anymore. So has he really beaten anyone that impressive? Like, I don't really know what to make of him because he fights guys in the UFC that he probably should be. When he gets a step up, he should lose. I definitely think O'Malley and Nathaniel Wood are a lot better than Luis Smolka, but I just like Smolka in this spot. I think he can maybe crack Quinones, put him down, similar to what he did to Ryan McDonald, or he just outworks him to a unanimous decision. Quinones isn't active enough for me. He doesn't throw enough volume. Luke Smoke is a uh, volume striker. Throws a lot of kicks. Throws a lot of punches. I like Smoke to win a decision, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised if he finishes him by like ground and pound knockout. I'm actually favoring a, a finish in this fight, guys. I, I believe you will see a stoppage in this fight. You look through both guys' records and a lot of finishes, especially Smoka. The last seven fights have ended inside the distance. I was looking at this last night. So for a guy who's fighting at 125, 135, a lot of his fights inside the distance, and the odds are that are plus 120 for, for the under. So um, I actually like uh, the fight doesn't go the distance here. I think we will see a finish. It's either going to be Smoka getting uh, something on the ground, like a submission or a TKO with ground and pound with elbows and stuff. Or Cornelius possibly KOs him. I wouldn't be surprised if that did happen. Um, you know, I, I like Smoke Cole, and, and and you know he's a guy who's been around for a long time, and he's a guy that's battled with a lot of uh, personal adversity, and and a guy that you know fought back to the UFC after struggling. But uh, I just he's a guy that's so inconsistent. How can you trust this guy? You look through his record, and it's just like win loss, win loss. He'll lose four in a row. He's a very hard guy to trust. You know, Cornelius is just the guy I fade every fight though. So I'm not going to stop here. I just I've never been impressed by this dude. I know he has a good record in the UFC five and three, but I've just never been impressed by him. So you know I have to go smoke and call for my pick. But like I said, I like I like the under personally better than either side here because you get plus money on it. I, I don't see this fight going to the finish, guys. Again, Smoke the last seven fights and inside the distance. Quinones has two of his last three and inside the distance. You'll probably see Smoke get a finish, but just in case Quinones does get the stoppage, you could win that bet too. So I'm I'm leaning towards the fight ending inside the distance. Um, Next up, we got Alex Morono against Reese McKee. It's an interesting fight here, Cole. Morono minus 185, McKee plus 160. Who's your pick? I like Alex Morono here. I just, no way I can bet him at that price. I think this is really much closer to a paper fight. Reese McKee has, what, a six-inch reach advantage. Definitely going to help him. But again, he's a former lightweight, which I wouldn't be surprised if Alex Morono is a lot smaller. Just kind of hold him up against the cage. Just make it a kind of a grinding fight, but... Uh, Reese McKee, you really can't take much into his UFC debut. Got absolutely smashed by Hamza Chimaev on what? Like, I think it was like six days notice. Had to fly all the way to Abu Dhabi. Alex Morano's last fight, short notice uh, replacement. Gets knocked out quick by KS Williams. I think that's kind of one that can throw it away too. Just because you, no one really knew what KS Williams was like. No one really expected him to blitz like that. Before that, Morano was on a good wing streak. Uh, Ken Song, Zach Otto, Max Griffin. Beat guys he should beat. I think Alex Morano is a much better wrestler than Reese McKee. I wouldn't be surprised if he just has a wrestling-heavy game plan, just looks to take McKee down, kind of hold him down there. But I like Alex Morano to win this fight, but no way I could bet him at this much because he's a guy I like betting as an underdog, not as a favorite. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, one thing I'm going to disagree with you, Cole, and, and you know, it's something that I thought the same because when I looked at this fight on paper, I'm like, Morano's just going to grind him out. Then I looked at the stats. Morano's never landed a takedown in the UFC in 10 fights. He's never landed one takedown. He has a 0% takedown accuracy. I don't know if that's going to start here. I know McKee got taken down at will by Kamaya, but I'm not sure that Morono is just going to turn this amazing wrestler all of a sudden. 
Again, Cole, that's exactly how I thought about it looking into it. And then I looked at the stats. No takedowns ever in the UFC. He does have a few. He has the one submission over Josh Berkman. It was a guillotine. He jumped into it. He's not a good wrestler. So McKee, that's probably his kryptonite is his wrestling. But if it stays standing, Cole, I can't ignore that six-inch reach advantage. I can't ignore the three-inch height advantage. I know they call the guy Skeletor because he's a skinny dude and he's lanky and long, but I can't ignore those physical gifts, Cole. I know Morono overall has fought really well in the UFC. I think overall, you look at his record, it's, what, 5-3-1-0 five, five, no contest or something? Uh, or sorry, 6-3-1-0 contest. So it's, it's got a good record. He's been winning fights. But I just think the physical gifts here of McKee is, is definitely a spot to take a look at a dog here. So I haven't picked a dog yet, and – I'm going to start here, Cole. I'll take Reese McKee to win decision, man. That's going to be my pick here, Cole. I, I like the six-inch reach advantage. And again, Cole, he's never landed a takedown. And I thought the same thing as you before I looked at the stats. I'm like, Marone's going to take him down. Never landed one. And this could be the fight where uh, he just gets a takedown and just works his wrestling. But based on the stats, I'm not convinced. He's got 10 fights, guys. It's not just one or two fights. He's got 10 fights and never landed a takedown. So I'm not convinced he's a wrestler now. All right, next up, women's uh, strawweight boat. Another close fight, Cole. Ashley Yoder against Miranda Granger. Curious to hear your thoughts on this one, man. you got to pick them odds, essentially. Slightly in Granger, minus 115. Yoder, minus 105. Who's your pick? I have a slight lean towards Ashley Yoder, but no way in hell I'm betting this fight. These are two inconsistent fighters. Ashley Yoder, two-fight losing streak. You could actually make a case you won her last two fights. I actually thought she beat Souza. And then Randa Marcus is a split decision. That was close. I actually, I thought, yeah, I thought Marcos was more unanimous than what Sousa was. I thought you would have beat Sousa. So, and then she's making a fairly quick turnaround. She, I talked to her uh, what, yesterday and she said she got this fight literally the next day, the Sunday as she was going home from her last fight. They said, hey, you want to fight Miranda Granger in November? So she's had a full camp. Miranda Granger, she had a lot of hype coming into the UFC. She was fighting CFFC, CFFC beat Hannah Gold. And then her last fight, uh, Samantha Manalimos, she was a pretty big favorite in that fight, but I think Ashley Yoder is just a bit better grappler. I know she makes a lot of mistakes. There, I'll take Yoder by decision, but there's absolutely no way I'm betting either side in this fight. Yeah, you can't. You can't. And again, you know, you can't. You shouldn't bet in every fight. You should pick your spots on cards. You know, pick pick a couple of guys you really like or girls. How can you like a side that much in this fight, Cole? Like they're just like you said, two inconsistent fighters. Uh, Yoder, you know, three straight losses, one two, lost two, and I, yeah, I thought she beat Susan's too, but still, I mean, she's losing on the scorecards. The judges don't really like her style. Like, look at many decisions she's lost. She's just someone you can't trust. Two and five record in the UFC. Granger had a nice win over Golding. You know, I picked her there. I think she was a dog actually, and then she loses to Lemos her last fight by submission. It was, it was kind of surprising how, how easily she lost that fight, but I'm not, I'm not ready to write her off completely yet. Yeah, uh, you look through her resume and a lot of finishes. Um, Yoder, like you said, Cole, makes a lot of mistakes in the grappling. I think Granger's going to be a little bit faster on the ground in the transitions. I think she'll be able to edge it out for a decision win, but I, again, have no no interest in betting on this fight. There's other spots for bets, including the next fight, I believe. I think this could be a good spot for bet. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one, though. Corey McKenna against Kay Hansen, Cole. Kay Hansen, minus 225, McKenna, plus 185. Who's your pick in this one? I like Kay Hansen, but the odds are way too high for me in this one. Kay Hansen should be about a minus 170, minus 180. She should be the favorite to me. I don't think she should be above 2-1 to one or even 2-1. to one. Corey McKenna, I still don't think she should have been signed off the contender series. She beat Vanessa Demobilis, but she's so young. She's 21 years old. She's two months older than me, so that's how young she is. So I still think she only got signed because she's a uh, protege of your favorite. Kay Hansen, uh, both... Uh, only a month older than me, but again, tw- I don't really understand this fight matching. And they're two 21 year olds. They're both young. I don't know why you match up against each other to kill one off so early. I think this is a fight that could have happened like 
three, four years down the line if they both keep winning. I think Kay Hansen's a much better grappler than Corey McKenna. That's what Corey McKenna likes to do is grappling. Kay Hansen is a jiu-jitsu specialist. Her striking has gotten a bit better. I know she did some boxing, amateur boxing stuff while she was uh, in between fights and Invicta. I just like Kay Hansen's experience. I wouldn't be surprised if you can submit Corey McKenna. I'll actually take hands by submission, but again, I, I think it's too high to play straight up. I think you kind of have to look at like an over or a K hands by sub or something like that. Yeah. Well, I loved her at the opener, minus 130. I didn't jump on it though. Uh, anyone who got that definitely got good odds because uh, the odds makers, they opened her too low. It should have been minus 200. Um, I like Hanson a lot in this fight, Cole. I know she's got a couple losses, and that's why I picked against her in her last fight, but she showed me a lot in that fight with Frame. You know, she was in trouble there and came back to win the fight in the three round by submission. So that showed a lot to me. Um, this is an impressive young fighter. You know, she's only 21 years old and she already has 10 pro fights. And yeah, her seven and three record is not great, but you know, she actually has a decent amount of experience now. And I just don't get the matchmaking here because why would you feed each other a prospect at this stage of their careers? I don't get it at all. Why would you want either girl to have a loss? Um, maybe they're going to really fast track the winner. Maybe they really see something here with, with McKenna that I'm not seeing because Yes, Cole, she is super young, and, and she does have the wrestling ability we saw in her last fight, grinded it out, but it wasn't that impressive of a performance, and I feel like she only got signed because Dana White and Uriah Faber are such good friends, and she's a team alpha product. Now, to be fair to her, she actually has a lot of the amateur experience as well. She's been fighting since she was 15 years old uh, since as an amateur, and you know, her ground game is definitely good, but I feel like Hanson's going to be a little bit better on the ground. So I like Hanson here, Cole. I, I think she can either win a decision or get a sub, a look at that prop here. Um, Hanson by decision plus one hundred five, no value there, and then by submission is uh, plus four hundred. So maybe take a shot at that because I do think she'll probably win by submission or decision. But I'm kind of leaning towards a sub call. I'll be honest with you. I know that uh, McKenna's never been finished before, but there's some things I really like here about Hanson. Again, you know, I'm a guy that likes looking at uh, when I already have a lean and I, and I see the physical advantage in their favor. I really like it in this in this fight. Five-inch reach advantage, Cole. Look at this. 58-inch reach from McKenna. Like, that has got to be the shortest reach in the UFC. I can't think of anyone with a reach in their 50s. So, yeah, she could duck under Hanson and go down and get a takedown and just grind her out. That's probably what she wants to do. And Hanson's takedown defense, I don't know how good it is. But overall, I just feel like Hanson's a better fighter. So, I like Kay Hanson here, Cole. And, uh, yeah, I probably play her in some capacity. I don't know if it's going to be a, a parlay or wait for the line to drop, hopefully. Let's go to the main card now, Cole. Opening it up. Antonio Arroyo against Eric Anders in a middleweight boat. And right now we have uh, Arroyo or Anders minus 140, Arroyo plus 120. Who's your pick? I like Anders in this spot. Uh, Eric Anders is a guy kind of had mixed results in the UFC. It kind of, I was looking at his career. Like he started out 9 0. He was the LFA champion, beat Brendan Allen, which obviously looks like a good win. Started out his youth's career, a knock it over Rafael Nadal, and then a decision went over Marcus Perez. He then headlines a card against Leona Machida, split decision. I actually thought he beat Leona Machida there. I think a lot of people thought he beat Machida. If he beats Machida, his entire career is probably different. But he loses. They give him a kind of lamp at Tim Williams. He knocks him out. And then, for whatever reason, he took that short notice fight against Tiago Santos. I don't think that was ever a good spot. It was just, I think he took way too much damage. That kind of hindered a lot of his career. Elias Theodoro, that's another split decision loss. I thought he beat Theodoro as well. And then he got absolutely dominated by Khalil Roundtree. Won his next two fights. And then lost to Jock on a really bad performance. I think Anders can keep this fight on the feet. I think that's Arroyo's really only path to victory is take him down and look to submit him. But Anders has some really good takedown defense. He comes to that football background. He's a really strong guy where I don't even know if, even if it gets to against the cage, I think Anders is going to be a bit stronger where he'll be able to reverse positions. 
on the feet. I think he's a much better striker. I'll take Anders by decision, but again, I think this is close to pick and fight. I don't really like betting Eric Anders as a favorite. He's a guy I think he kind of bet as an underdog. Yeah, I actually feel the same way about this fight. You know, I, I got to be honest, I really thought about picking an, uh, Antonio Royer just as a straight fade on uh, on Eric Anders because Eric Anders, you talk about inconsistent fighters. I mean, you got to talk about Eric Anders. The guy is just so much potential, Cole, and yet he's never really realized in the UFC with a 5-5 five and five record. Um, you talk about the Machida fight. I remember I remember picking him there in that fight as a plus two underdog and, and or uh, Machida there. And uh, I want, I'm not surprised he lost that fight, but it feels like that might have hurt his confidence in the years since then. He really hasn't looked that great. But Antonio Arroyo, um, I don't know if he'll be able to hang on the feet with uh, Eric Anders Cole. He's more of a submission guy. Eric Anders, though, has excellent takedown defense, 80% takedown defense. I think it's going to be hard for Antonio Arroyo to get him down. He might get a takedown or two here and there, but – I don't think he'll be able to hold him down on the ground that much. And uh, on the feet, Eric Anders, slight reach advantage, and he's also a southpaw, which helps too. So uh, my lean towards Eric Anders to win decision call. Uh, I'm not super confident in, in him in particular, but there are some things I like about him here. So I'll keep looking at this one. But, yeah, I do like Anders to win probably decision. Uh, next up, we have a fight that was booked on really short notice, 195-pound catch weight, Brandon Allen against Sean Strickland. I love this fight. Brandon Allen, obviously, just had his fight scratched last week against Ian Heinish due to Heinrich testing positive for COVID. Sean Strickland fought two weeks ago against Jack Marshall in one decision. Right now, we have uh, the odds at Sean Strickland minus 135. Brendan Allen plus 105. Who's your pick, Cole? I like the underdog of Brendan Allen here. I think this is a really close fight. I think this is a pure pick. I'm so I'm surprised it wasn't a pick of fight. I saw Strickland open as a, like a minus 130 favorite, but it's definitely a close fight. I just like Brendan Allen a bit more. Obviously, Sean Strickland looked really impressive in his last fight, but again, that's against Jack Marshman, who I don't really put much stock in against. I think Brendan Allen presents a much different problem for Sean Strickland. His grappling is impressive. His cardio is something that's a big uh, plus for Brendan Allen. Like he can get beat up. Like he got beat up in the first round against Kevin Holland, and then came back and spit him in the second. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something similar to that, where Sean Strickland uh, beats up Brendan Allen for the first round. Allen makes adjustments in his corner, goes out there and wins the final two rounds, or or even uh, Smith Sean Strickland. Strickland's a really tough guy. Like even Kamara was in Santiago Ponzinibbio couldn't finish him. I'll take Brendan Allen by decision, but again, this is such a close fight. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Yeah, this is probably the best fight in the card besides maybe the new main event. I love this fight, guys. As you guys know, I took Brendan Allen last week. I really liked him in that spot against Heinrich. I don't know about this spot though. This is a tough spot, I think, for him. Sean Strickland matches up really well with him physically. Um, seven, basically, essentially the same reach, uh, basically the same height. Strickland, obviously, four years older, but he's still pretty young. Uh, but you got to love what he does on the feet, man. And I think that's the difference here because you look at the stats, 4.64 significant strikes per minute landed compared to 2.67 for Allen. Obviously, Allen's more of a ground guy, but Sean Strickland, 81% takedown uh, defense. So he's got great takedown defense. I think if Allen is going to win this fight, he's going to have to get Strickland to the mat and submit him or beat him up the ground and pound win the decision. But I don't know, Cole. I'm not convinced that's going to happen. Honestly, this is a close fight, guys, but I do lean towards Strickland. I think he'll be able to keep it upright. We saw what he did in the last fight. His jab was on point. The fact he was able to get that fight in two weeks ago and get that cage time, that's huge for him here. I love it. So uh, I'm going to go Strickland. It's a close fight, but I'm going to lean towards Sean Strickland. Um, as far as the bet goes, I mean, it's definitely one I'm considering right now. i got to look at it. I'm hoping it drops down a little bit more, but I do like Strickland quite a bit, guys. Just, you know, Brandon Allen's a guy I really like, so it's hard to bet against him, but it's just there's so much I like about Strickland here with, with the striking. So that's my pick here. Uh, next up, Dontel Mays against Roki Martinez. Cole, heavyweight fight. Right now we have Dontel Mays minus uh, 220 and Martinez plus 180. Who's your pick? 
I like Dontel Mays, but again, heavyweight fight, two low-level heavyweights, no interest in betting. Dontel Mays should win this fight, has a, a big reach advantage, like almost a full foot, 81 and a half to 72. Like uh, he is much bigger, six foot six or five, 5'10. I expect Dontel Mays just to use that reach, just at, just pick apart Roe Martinez, maybe get a knockout. I think this, I think Dontel Mays is a guy they really like. He came off a good win in the contender series, and then they kind of threw him to the Wolves game, Cyril gone, got submitted. And then Gutsman against uh, Rodrigo Nascimento. That's kind of carbonated to the ground. Rogue Martinez, I can't see him getting this fight down to the ground. I think it's going to be stand up fight. I think Dante Mays is going to use that jab, pick Bar Martinez, eventually hurt him, and probably finish him in the second round. Yeah, I like Dante Mays here. Again, physical advantages in his favor 6'6 six, six to 5'10. So he's really big. 81 inch reach to 72 inch reach. He's also got a little bit more girth. He's also six, inch, six eight, uh, years younger as well. And Roki Martinez. You look at that fight with Romanov Cole. That was only that was September, and he got just the, the hell beaten out of him in this fight. That's a pretty quick turnaround, I think. Um, obviously, a very tough dude, a guy that's a, a, a pure born fighter. I get that about Martinez, but I, I just think the physical disadvantages are too much to overcome here. Give me Dante Mays, man. I like him by knockout, Cole. I think he does finish this fight. Mays by knockout, it's minus one thirty eight. So or inside the distance, I should say. So it's like half the price of the money line. But I like Mays here a lot. Maybe what does just win the decision, but. I like Mays a lot in this fight, Cole. I'll probably end up playing him because, yeah, see, there's two low-level heavyweights, but a foot reach advantage. That's a huge advantage. And that's an advantage I think that's worth betting on. So that's my pick in this one. Next up, we have Julian Marquez against Saperbeg Saparoff. Uh, I'm not sure to expect from this fight, Cole. Uh, minus 290 for Marquez, plus 245 for Safarov. Any thoughts on this fight? I really like Julian Marquez in this fight. He's a guy that he's had a long life. Hasn't fought since 2018. We lost a split to Lester Jacarico. But he's a guy that had some good high pen during the UFC. Uh, has a knock one over Matt Hamill in the regional scenes. I know Hamill was a lot older then. But look, contender series, knocks out Phil Hawes. For UFC debut, submits Darren Stewart. That's a, Both those wins are really good. And Safarov, he's a guy, complete fade. This guy, UFC debut, gets knocked out by Jean Vellante. Uh, that's not a good loss. Get, then next fight, uh, gets submitted by Tyson Pedro. Gets a win, and then his last fight gets submitted by Rodolfo Vieira. I just think Marquez is better at everyone than Safarov. I think I'm picking Marquez to knock out Safarov. I think this is kind of that layup fight for Marquez to get a win, get back. Or I think the UFC is high on him, or I think this is a layup fight where he can just have success, probably get a first, second round knockout, and, and just get that cage time back. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like Marquez too. I, I don't know if I'm confident enough to lay this juice though. Minus no. two nine, minus two ninety, and a guy who's been fought in two years, two and a half years. Cool. I mean, it's been a long time. Uh, a guy that's uh, shown some promise in the UFC for sure uh, with the win over Stewart, nice win. But they lost to Jericho. I think it showed that you know he is kind of limited. The thing is, Safarov's not good. He's been terrible in the UFC. Uh, one and three. The one fight he won, that guy never fought again in the UFC. Nick Nugent Moreno, he never fought again in the UFC. The other guys he lost to, Tyson Pedro got finished by him. John Vellante got finished by him. That was a crazy fight, though, by the way. That was a fun fight to watch. And Rodolfo Vieira, no shame in that one. But the guy's too inconsistent, Cole. I don't like him here at all. Um, but I will say that the, the layoff just scares you off, Marquez. I, I Again, as a rule, I, I really tend to shy away from guys coming off long layoffs. Two and a half years, that's too long for me. So my pick's going to be Marquez. I think he's going to win by submission. But, again, that layoff just worries me, guys. And don't be thinking this guy's like a lock by any means. I don't think he is. All right, co-main event, Cole, Abdul Razak, Alessandra against Chaos Williams. I love this fight. Alessandra minus 230, Chaos Williams plus 190. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is a really intriguing fight. I do lean Abdul Razak, Alhassan slightly, but there's no way I'm betting on minus 230. I don't know why he's such a big favorite. Chaos Williams is solid in his UC debut, but this fight, I think Alhassan's last fight, I think 
we kind of underlooked Liz's uh, Munir Laziz, and this was a long layup for him. Where I think that time going the distance, I think that's really going to help him here. I think he can knock out Chaos Williams. I think Chaos Williams is going to blitz in at Al Hassan. I think Al Hassan is going to meet him with a hook and probably drop Williams to finish him. But again, minus two thirty, there's absolutely no way you can lay Al Hassan. You have to look for like a a knockout prop or even just a. I think it's safe where you can bet this fight. Just fight doesn't go the distance. I know the odds are probably going to be pretty high on that, but I can't see this one lasting past probably the first round. Yeah, I'm not betting on Alas. I'm really pissed off at him for the last fight, still cold. So I'm not betting on him. I think a lot of people parlayed him in the last fight, and he, and he blew it. You know, it was a fight that, looking back, I don't think we should have played him there, considering the layoff. But you know, I was confident he'd win cold. But he showed me a lot of holes in his game in that fight. His cardio is a huge question mark. Um, he did show some toughness, obviously, and the fact he was able to go with full three rounds is good, but he showed weaknesses with his takedown defense, with his striking defense, just a lot of holes in this game. And again, the layoff probably played a part, Cole, but two years off, and now he's 35 years old, Cole. He's so old now. K.S. Williams, he's he's a lot younger, obviously, 26, coming off a seven-fight win streak, coming off a huge knockout win over Morono in 27 seconds. And you look at through his resume, he's got a lot of wins by decision and knockout, so he's able to go the full three rounds. I like Chaos Williams here, guys. I like him quite a bit, honestly. I'm not betting on Alisson at this price. And I'm looking at the odds on Williams at plus 190. I think there's value on him. So, you know, I'm not as confident in Sam as I was in, like, Glover share last week, where I absolutely loved him at the same price. But I do favor Chaos Williams a little bit in this fight, guys. So plus 190 on the dog. Give me the dog here, Williams. Either a knockout or a decision is how he's going to win this fight, in my opinion. And just looking at those props really fast. Uh, Williams, decision is plus 650, which is definitely worth a shot because Alisson, both his losses by decision after he gassed out from uh, a tough first round and then gasses out. So that's kind of how I'm thinking it goes, but maybe he does catch him and finishes him too. All right, finally, Cole, we get to the main event of the evening. Paul Felder against Rafael Desanos, and the odds came out last night. Right now, Rafael Desanos minus 175, Paul Felder plus 145. Who's your pick? I ain't going with the short notice replacement, Paul Felder. I... I know people are like, oh, he hasn't been training. He's actually been training for a triathlon. He's been, he's talked about it quite often. It's like, oh, the weight cut to 155. I remember him saying on Fight Island he was in the 170s because he's been, all he's been doing is biking, swimming, running. So his cardio is going to be there. And I do, I think Dos Santos' best days are behind him. And I don't even like the move to 155. I don't really know what to expect with RDA at 155. His last couple fights, he's just been out grappled. You're not going to have out grappling by Paul Felder. And on the feet, I think Felder's a much better striker than Dos Santos. And the problem is Felder's chin holds up so much where I don't think Dos Santos is going to put him away. His takedown even is pretty good where I think he stopped the takedowns. On the feet, Felder's going to be much more active. I think it's going to go the full five rounds. I can't see either guy getting finished, but I like Paul Felder by a decision. Yeah, I mean, this is a great fight. I love this fight. I just wish it was booked on uh, like a month or two's notice. So these guys both had legitimate full training camps for each other. But either way, great fight. Um, man, it's a tough one to call. I mean, because you look at the stats and they match up pretty well physically. Um, arms a little bit shorter, but same reach. He's a southpaw to Sarno, so I think that helps him. Strikes land per minute, essentially the same. Striking act. Look at these numbers, Cole. It's like a mirror image. Like 3.67 significant strikes per minute for Felder versus 3.47 for RDA. The striking accuracy, 43% for Felder, 45% for RDA. The strikes absorbed, 3.4 for Felder, 3.18 for RDA. It's just so similar. RDA does have a little bit more better striking defense and the grappling he does have the advantage in. He's landing 1.82 takedowns per 50 minutes compared to just 0.25 for Felder. So Felder doesn't want to take you down. He wants to stand trade. He's got one finish in his career by submission over Darren Crookshank. RDA is definitely the more well-rounded guy. He's the better ground fighter. Um, the striking should be really close in this fight. I'd probably give the edge to Felder in the striking, but 
I think RDA with his ability to mix in the grappling, I think that's going to give him the edge. Also, the fact he did train for a full camp. He was going to fight this weekend, whereas Felder, five days notice. Um, I'm not going to be surprised if Felder does win this fight because I think competitive, like stylistically, he's going to make it very competitive. But the five days notice and the fact that RDA, I, I still believe in this guy. I know he's lost four of his last five, but guys, look who he lost to. Covington, Usman, Edwards, Kiesa, guys that are bigger than him, guys that are stronger wrestlers than him. And in that stretch, he did have the winner of Kevin Lee, dominated Kevin Lee and finished him. So I, I like uh, RDA a little bit here. I don't love him by any means, uh, but I do want to take a uh, shot at him as the favorite here in the main event. So RDA, by decision, I'm with Cole. I think it goes the full five rounds, guys. It should be a really good fight, too. I think it's going to be a fun one. We don't have a total set. I'm guessing it'll set it at four and a half. Now I'm going to get some comments before we get to Contender Series. All righty. Eduardo Flores, what do you make about the new blood of the heavyweight division? Guys like Gone, Romanov, Tafa, Pavlovich, Felipe, Espinal, Dawkins. I love it, bro. I love it. I know Cole loves it, too. Don't you love the big boys, Cole, coming up? Yeah. Eduardo says, what should be next for Romanov? Call it Tibera, but a fight with Espino makes sense as well. Yeah, I think the Tibera fight, he's like, he was so polite about it, too. He's like, uh, if possible, I'd like a matchup with uh, Marcin Tibera. I think that's a great fight, Cole. What do you think? Yeah, I agree as well. I think it, it makes sense. I think... Uh, it may sound mean, but I think the UFC would rather see Marcin Tibura lose. I don't think I don't think Tibura is a really fan favorite for the UFC. No, he's a boring fighter. He is ranked in the top fifteen, so I think Romanov clearly is a guy that's going to be in the top fifteen soon. And uh, I think he'd win that fight. Now we got another comment about uh, Andre Sukutai. He's back in XFC. That's good to hear. I like Andre. I mean, he had a tough run in the UFC, really low fight IQ in that fight with Sean O'Malley. But imagine he won that fight, Cole. Imagine he won that fight. And he he could have won that fight. He's a Hogan. The only people who look after a layoff GSP and Ortega and Dominic Cruz when he beat Mitsugaki after four years off, he knocked him out. But I'm with you. Like, it's so rare. And that's why I bet against Ortega a few weeks ago. I, I was really surprised he dominated that fight. He says, Dom, look good. Yeah, Doug brought him up. And he's, DJ says, I'm eager to see more retired fighters take over commentating like DC, uh, Bisping, Felder. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Um, looks like Alan Juban's kind of being the next guy that's being groomed there. And he's, he's really obviously marketable too and great fighters. So, a very knowledgeable guy. I think he would make a lot of sense. All right. Let's get into Contender Series, Cole. We obviously don't have a lot of time here. Let's go about five minutes on this. Now, there's Contender Series tonight, guys. Again, you know, I did the research for this card. This is a very difficult card to bet on, I think. There's not many spots I like here, Cole. I'll be honest. Uh, let's start with the first fight, though. Danny Sabatello against Taylor Moore at 135. Sabatello, massive favorite. Minus 675, Moore plus 450. I don't even understand why these odds are this high. What do you think, Cole? Well, I understand. Taylor Moore should not be on the Contender Series. Is he this that is, bad, really? Like, is he? This is a pure setup for Danny Saptella to probably finish more in the first round. I don't think uh, Moore's on a three-fight lose uh, winning streak, but he hasn't looked that good. He had his last like look at the guys he fought: twelve and twelve, four and three, three and one. Then lost to the guys seven, four, eleven, five, one and two, five and eight. Like he doesn't fight anyone good. Sabatello is a not much better, but he's fought okay guys. And he's not really, good. Cole. Like, look at his record, bro. Like, he's not fought two not, and ten, not. two and three. Like, his most notable guys are Roverity got knocked out in the fourth round, but uh, he's gone late in the fight. I think Sabatello should win this fight, but I don't really know if either guy should really be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, dude. I mean, I'm going to pick Sabatello. I mean, there's probably a reason he is this thing of a favorite, but I don't know, guys. Like, just yes, we have seen the favorites win lately. I will say that in contender series, but. We're going to see a dog bark at some point. Remember last season, Cole, how many underdogs won? We haven't really seen that this year, but, you know, I, I wouldn't touch this fight, guys. Minus 675, only and touch it, man. I know people are going to want action on this card. They'll probably probably sabotage with this girl, uh, Luana Pinheiro in the next fight. Minus 425 against Stephanie Frosto. I'm guessing you like Pinheiro here, Cole. What do you think? 
No, Frost was someone that should absolutely not be able to. She's eight and six. When's the last time you seen the eight and six girl be on the contender series? And this girl has been fighting. She gets finished every single fight. She gets knocked out. She gets submitted. She, she, Panero is someone that's been fighting in Brave. She finishes all her opponents. I'll take Panero by submission in the first round. Yeah. Listen, Stephanie Frosto is in the UFC and getting her shot, not in the UFC, but in contender series because of her last name. She's uh, Zola Frosto's sister, former Bellator champion. She actually has fought in Bellator, Cole. She fought in Bellator 10 years ago at Bellator 22. Look at this card, Cole. This is crazy how long ago she fought. The same card had Ben Askren beat Dan Hornbuckle in the main event. And Cole Conrad, uh, this guy that was retired before you even started covering the sport, Cole, Cole Conrad, used to be the Bellator heavyweight champ. So she's been around the sport for a while, but... Eight and six, and you know she's had a lot of long layoffs. She fights like once a year. I, I can't back her here. I'm going to take Pinero, but and, you know I really want to pick like Ben on Pinero, but I just hate the odds. You know she's she's a good fighter though, five straight wins, all by stoppage. Super marketable. Go check out her Instagram if you don't believe me. Definitely a marketable fighter. UFC wants her to win. She should win this fight. I just wish the odds were a little bit lower, Cole. Um, but I'm assuming a lot of people are going to parlay Pinero with probably uh, Sabatello and maybe this guy Moda. Then you get plus money in the next fight. Uh, Nicholas Moda against Joseph Lowry. What are your thoughts on this one, Cole? Because right now, Moda applies to a five, Lowry plus 165. And again, I think people are going to parlay Moda, but are you confident in him or, or no? I actually like the underdog, Joseph Lowry, here. I think this is a – I think Moda's kind of the best days. I think he's a guy that probably should have been in the UFC after uh, the Alba fight of Brazil. Only lost to Glossier Franco. And then he did knock out Joe Selecki on the region. He looked really good. Both of you guys have had a shot in the UF, uh, to get in the UFC. Lowry was knocked out by Devontae Smith. Other than that, it's looked pretty good. Coming off a knockout win just two months ago where uh, Moto hasn't fought in over a year, so I kind of worry about that layoff. I think it's going to be one of them are going to get knocked out, both their losses. They've all they both been knocked out before. I think this fight's going to end by knockout, and I just trust Lowry a bit more. Yeah, the fight doesn't go to the decision. is minus 265, and I think that's honestly a better play because I'm with you. I think it's going to be a knockout probably, and, you know, again, I think a lot of people will probably parlay these three, uh, three big favorites here, but – I'm not convinced in, in Moda as much as I am maybe in like Pinero because uh, I don't know. Like I, I think this Lowry guy is being undervalued here, Cole. I don't understand the odds really. I'll be honest. Um, he did get knocked by Devontae Smith. That loss doesn't look that good looking back, but at the time Smith was really on a tear. And, you know, since then picked up that knockout win, Cole, like you said, two months ago. Um, a lot of knockouts in this guy's career. Moda has been KO'd a couple times himself. I want to take the dog too, Cole. I'm going to go with you on this one. I'll take Joseph Lowry by knockout. But again, you know, contender series, it's very difficult to, to lay any considerable amount of money on because you just don't know a lot about these guys. But, you know, I, I just don't like the gods here at all. Now, the next fight's interesting. Shaheen Santana against Meat and Levy. Super short notice fight, Cole. One day's notice at 160 pounds. Right now, we have uh, Levy minus 145, Santana plus 125. Who's your pick? This open has a pick and price, which I agree with. But I like Nate and Levy here. He's a guy that I've seen a bit more of in LFA. He's looked pretty good. He's actually supposed to fight. In ten days, and then they pulled him from the from uh, LFA to fight in the contender series. Neither guys really fought too high level competition. I just like how Levy's been a bit more tested in LFA. LFA has some good prospects. Again, I I don't really know if you bet this fight. I think Peckham was kind of fair price at this point. I I still lean towards Levy, but I don't know if I'd play him. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on this one. Um, it's it's a tough one to call because both guys are undefeated, both prospects, and Santana. All his wins, are, except for one, are by submission. He's been fighting for some Florida-based uh, promotions like Titan and uh, Fight Time. Lack of, or uh, yeah, competition hasn't been great. Uh, then you look at Levy; his competition has been great either, Cole. But I do like he's been fighting in LFA. 
seems like they've been grooming this guy. And yeah, he's short notice, but he was supposed to fight next week. I'm going to take uh, Levy too, but I don't know how, how like, confident I am in Cole. And finally, Cole, last fight to talk about here really quickly, Mario Souza. And I told you, Cole, I'm going to have a hard time with this dude's name. Even though he's Canadian, I want to hear you pronounce it too. I really want to hear you try. Marius Kasakowicz. I have no idea, guys, if I got that right. How do you pronounce it, Cole? Try it. Um, Mario's Kazakowicz. I have no idea. It's tough. I know James just interviewed him, so I'm going to probably check his interview to know the pronunciation. He just posted that interview I saw. But uh, right now, the odds, Cole, Caesar minus 145, Marius plus 125. Any thoughts on this fight? I like Souza. I know this guy's Canadian. He was born in Germany, but uh, I have a major problem with him. Look at his record. Fought once in 2019, once in 2018, twice in 2016, twice in 2013, once in 2012, once in 2011. This guy doesn't fight enough. Mario is a much more active. I don't really think neither guy's fought too high level competition. I do think this fight's going to end inside the distance. I'll favor Souza slightly. I think his grappling to be the difference. I think he can maybe submit uh, Mario's, but again, I don't. I don't really ever bet on contender series, so I can't really advise people too much. It's tough. You got to really pick your spots on the show. This is not a fight to bet on, in my opinion. Just we don't know enough about these guys. And again, you know, if you go and bet on it and win, congrats. But if you lose, don't, don't tell me. Uh, don't cry to me. You know. I'm going to take the Canadian here, Cole. Slight lean towards him, but I mean, there's no way I'm betting on this fight. All right, now let's get to a couple of comments here, Cole. We don't have much time. It's like two minutes. Eduardo Flores says he likes Jimmy Smith's commentary. Yeah, Jimmy Smith was good. He wasn't a good fit in the UFC. He was a great fit in Bellator. I'd like to see him back in Bellator. They, he was great there with Sean Wheelock, but not a good fit for the UFC. And Sean Wheelock's doing porn now. He's doing porn commentary for the blind. Marcus Williams, if Mike Perry wins the next fight, Perry Till is tough to coach. That's a great idea too, Marcus, but I don't know if they're going to do that. I think it'd be fun though, but the weight class difference, that's, that's obviously an issue. Let's go quickly, Cole. We don't have much time, but Kayla Harrison is going to fight at featherweight and Invicta. I think this is the first step towards her being the UFC. Dana White's already said that. Uh, rapid fire here, Cole, but I, I'm assuming you agree with you on that. Yep. Uh, Mark Coleman suffered a heart attack. So our, obviously our thoughts and prayers to the legend, the hammer Mark Coleman, 57 years old, I believe. So he's getting up there in age now. And uh, you got to love Mark Coleman. Just an absolute legend of the sport, Cole. And Cole, he he had he won two tournaments in 1996. Within he's actually 55. I apologize, not 57. But you look at his uh, look at 96, Cole. He won three fights in July 12th, 1996, and then three more fights September 20th, 1996, and one man two tournaments. So he's an incredible, incredible fighter. Uh, Jack Hermanson and Kevin Hall, new main event of the UFC card in December, Cole. Really, really quick thoughts on that one. Yeah, it should be a good fight. Uh, this is a big step up for Kevin Hall. And like this guy fought uh, Charlie Antiveros. Now he's fighting a legit top five guy in Jack Manson. Yeah. This, is, this is a test to see how good Holland is. I think Holland has a chance. I'd love to see the odds. I don't think they've dropped yet. I think Holland's got a chance. If he's like plus 200, I might take a shot on him, guys. Honestly, I love Jack. He's a great fighter, but Holland's got a chance. And one last comment, Cole, and then we'll plug everything. Got a minute left. Thanks for the input, guys. It's all as normal. Appreciate it. Straight wager. I know who you are, bro. I appreciate it. All right, cool. Plug your stuff, man. Let's get out of here. Uh, Twitter, I'll call Sean 91. The podcast this week, Eric Anders, KS Williams, Alex Morano, Louis Smolka. Then I talked to Ashley Yoder and Max Griffin as well. And then I will I did get a fighter picks in for Feld already. I just texted a bunch of people. So they're not as long as usual, but I got one in. Good job, Cole. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Martin. Podcast is available at maoddsbreaker.com, YouTube, uh, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much everywhere you can get a podcast, guys. Really appreciate the live chat today, guys. We love uh, interacting with you guys, so I appreciate that. Um, you guys can also follow me at maoddsbreaker, uh, bj10.com, and uh, marings.net. That's my other home. Uh, I've got a lot coming up this week. Just follow me on Twitter, and you can see all my articles. And follow Cole's podcast. Subscribe to his podcast, Just Scrap BJ Pen Radio. 
Guys, I really appreciate it. Last comment here, and we gotta get out of here. Thoughts on who's gonna replace Nia's on two fifty six? Fight's got scratched, man. It's not being replaced. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you on Thursday, ten a.m. Bye.